Welcome to episode 115 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hadamio. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary! <gasps> Parte we Oh my god. Wait, wait. Don't look at my person's name. Hold okay, on, hold okay, on, hold okay. on. Hold I'm on. not looking, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. I gotta move my stuff down so that you don't see it. Ooh, did you have fun at roller skating this week? I you did. You had the most fun. <laughs> you had the most fun, I think, out of anybody. It was amazing. Yeah. It was Tina amazing. was so fucking good. Uh, what? Yes, you were. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, there's video footage to prove otherwise. No, you did amazing. First but, of all, you put skates on and got out there, which is a lot more than, uh, you know. Yes. I mean, that's huge. Yes, I had so much fun. I told my kids, I'm like, we got to go roller skating. Oh, <laughs> so, let's do it. You know that we can go to the one over here in Oakland Park on, oh. uh, what is it? The Extreme Action Park. They have a roller skating rink. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. And my son loves it. So we should totally go. That would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. We can invite Chelsea and Chelsea yes. can come too. Yes. And I ran into an old friend. Yes. That was crazy. So that was really nice to see him. Yeah. It was, it's so Broward yeah. to just randomly run into people that it's, you know from 20 years ago. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Long, so long time. I had the most fun. And Alfredo called me the next day and he goes, I have never seen you so happy. Like you were just like <gasps> oh. in your element, so fuck having the best time. And I'm like, that's but you're the so, you're ring so, to me. You're so good. And you, but every time you went around, you just had the biggest smile. Oh, like, I love it so yeah. much, Tina. And you got to be out there during... Um, the skating session where they kicked everyone who the sucked fast off. <laughs> yeah. Well, they started playing Missy Misdemeanor. Elliot, what am I supposed to do, girl? You got to get out there and do it. You know what I mean? And then. Oh, my uh, God. Um, it looked like and you got to see BDE. Yes, I saw BDE. But he was like on the floor. That's his thing. Well, he, you know, he does that couple skate with his girl. And they're yes. amazing. They're like yes. in sync. Like you were really blown away by how fucking amazing these yes. like in sync yes. shuffle skates the shuffle, shuffle skate was awesome. It's like incredible. that little pod of people. Yeah. They're amazing. So cool. I know. So anyway, so BDE cool. goes out there like during fast skate, he goes into the middle of the rink and then he does his break dance moves, which, you know, we're all That's in love with. That's what it was. So fucking But cool. he was sitting on the ground for a I minute and I was hurt, like, did he get I hurt? I was very okay. concerned. <laughs> and I had to it was like, it was like, like a long, it was like a longer. Yeah, no, it was And I was like, upsetting. I don't think this is part of the routine. No, it's not. And uh you know it just reminds me about how much older we're all getting like yes. maybe we can't do tricks on skates anymore bruh so i mean i my, can't even i was literally sitting in bed i went like this and my whole fucking arm goes <laughs> like numb and i'm like maybe i'm having a stroke this is it oh my I'm god coming. i'm coming like something's uh, <laughs> wrong with me everything's breaking you turn 44 and it's like dun 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 well my my husband Cause I was like, Hey, I was like, it was so fun. I was like, it was everyone like our age, you know, out yeah, there. And yeah. he's like, you know, <laughs> cause you know, my husband, like he just, um, has to comment on everything. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, this generation oh, just God. thinks that it can do things that it can't do anymore. <gasps> and I said, no, this is a good thing. I said, because we're not, I, and I told him, I'm like, I read that, that whole article about, or I saw some video that like Gen Z, mm. Not Gen Z, Gen X. X. Gen X is like, hey, we're not going to be like grandma. We're not going to, yeah, yeah. we're going to kind of age mm -hmm. and be cool yeah. and like still do all the fun things. And he's like, 
Yeah, no, it means that we're an immature generation <laughs> that doesn't want to grow up. And I was like, well, who cares? Yeah, well, you're, you're Gen X. That's yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's that's why me. You feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> but he's Gen X too, and he's like, no. I mean, I, I can totally recognize that because the, I see it, quite frankly, in the moms when I'm around moms, right? Like they are dressing as if they're 20. You know, I remember, I will never forget going shopping, clothes shopping with my mother and we'd be like in the juniors department. She's like, this is so cute, but I'm too old for it. Like she, yeah. she like recognized, like she can't yes. walk around. It look fool, she looked foolish. Women today do not do that. They do not do that. I went to my son's basketball game at school. This woman rolled up in this like little cami top and, and yoga pants and her hair's all in the bun. And she has these cute little like flip-flops on. And my mother was like, <laughs> she was, <laughs> my mother said, it's not, this is about the children. It's not about you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but she's fucking right. Like you're parading around a bit. Like it was just, it was a little much when you're, well, you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's like the outing for her though. You know what I mean? Right. Like this no, is her she's time been, My mom to... goes, she doesn't work. She works out. I was like, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you see where I get my. Oh, well, if, yeah, humor. well, pri private school moms are. A different kind of mom. Some is, of them. But I some have of found, them. Yeah. And I have found some really cool, like helpful, friendly people, like moms too, that are amazing. Because like I work, so yeah. you need to like that community to help pick up the slack sometimes, you know? Yeah. And they, they've, they've really come through. So, but none of them wore yoga pants. I'll just let you, I'll just say that. <laughs> I, I wear yoga pants. Oh, Tina. Yeah. But you work out. Like yeah. you're actually <laughs> doing that. Like it's not a thing. This is like, this is what this woman wears. Oh, like just as her regular outfit. Yes. Yeah. I know. Am I, am I being mean? Is this mean? No, 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 no. All right, fuck it. Let's, let's <laughs> move on to something else. I don't want to insult any of our listeners. Yes. Oh, please. <laughs> you know, this happened last time. Last time we had this guest here, our engineer, yeah. <laughs> he was piping in left and right. All right, uh, let's go. Let's start talking about. Um, Tonight's event? No, let's wait. Oh. Let's talk about how Don't Say Gay passed Florida Senate. And that's going to uh, be signed now. Yeah. Even though those kids walked out last two weeks ago. And then last week, yeah. the entire week, kids were in that Capitol protesting until they did that vote. It's uh, it's terrible. It's really disturbing. It's terrible. And um, Baxley, who's the senator in the, 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 the sponsor in the Florida Senate, um, there's Jason Pizzo, who's down here. He's yeah. going to be redrawn into Broward, more, more Broward, by the way. Um, he was literally just going, what's sexual orientation? What is sexual, what's, what's gender identity? This motherfucker could not name any of that. He's like, well, yeah. get an expert in here. No, 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 yeah. no, no. This is your fucking it's your bill. bill. It's your bill, yeah. How are you, this, how are you gonna put something up that's gonna discriminate against children and you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about? This is what the abortion argument is. Yeah. They don't know how shit works. No. But yet they're gonna tell us what the fuck we're gonna do. We're in a bad place yeah. in Florida. Yeah, really bad. We're in a very, very bad place. And it's only going to continue to get worse, I think, unless we can flip some seats. Yeah. Well, there's a great, um, that Steve Bosquad, I think, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He writes for the Sun Sentinel. He wrote a great editor, editorial. It's out today. I read it. It came out yesterday afternoon. And, and it's like, this is not a Florida I even recognize anymore. Like this isn't even, and it's like, it's all because he wants that national recognition. Yes. He's the well, most well-known governor in the, yes. in, the, in the United States. And it's also, he can run, so he can run for president. At the detriment at, to the at, rest at of the expense. people. At We're struggling expense. here to yeah. pay rent, pay for homeowners insurance that's going through the roof. There's, there's Medicare. The it's like the can't That's the thing. There's all of these here. things that are like actual issues to, to Floridians. Yeah. 
And the issues that are not issues are the things that are getting all of this attention. And yeah. he's not working for anyone. Right. But people love him. People like, I don't, not Floridians, but like people outside of the state of Florida who are crazy Trump people. Like I have relatives Listen, I tell you, who think that he's a great guy. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't want him to be president, but if we can get him out of the governor's mansion and then he runs, like go fucking run. But if we could just get him out of there. We he, need him to, and, 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 and how is, so I'm, so I'm so fucking curious on how this is going to affect his reelection. Like, will any of these fucking things actually matter? You know what I mean? It's so playing to a base, but like, will the base actually come out or is this going to make people angry? I don't think the majority. Like we need more like people South, angry about know, them than we need people South, supporting but him. But South Florida people, I think are angry, but the rest of the state, I think the rest That's of the states so like Alabama and Mississippi and all those it's really other states. It's really disappointing because we're going to have him again. And then, and, and and then, there's, all, and then there's all of these, and we'll um, just have him. these copycat bills. Did you see Georgia's trying to do an yep. anti-gay bill now? Yeah, the, the don't say gay bill. Yep. Oh, we're the best. I, I don't even know what to say anymore. Um, I got Phoebe Bridger tickets. <gasps> I'm wearing my Phoebe Bridgers. So cute. <laughs> should I stand up and show everybody? You should. Oh, it's so cute. And it glows in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I can see myself. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> okay? It's adorable. <laughs> anyway, that was a fucking nightmare because I get on there and it's like I had been verified as a, as a fan on Ticketmaster so I could get this pre-sale. <gasps> And I just like set up my, my debit card was in there correctly. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fucking great. Aww. You know, and, it, and I'm in the waiting room two hours early. Wow. Online uh, to get the tickets. Wow. And then when the waiting room opens, I had 670 people in front of me. I wow. was like, uh, and then I was like, oh my God, how many seats? If you can get four tickets, uh, four is 2,400. Like what the fuck, what am I, you know, like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to get these tickets. And then I get in. And I, get, I pick my seats and I'm like, okay, good, 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 good. <gasps> I get to the end and then- uh, How many tickets did you get? I got two. <gasps> and it, oh, I added parking. And then it was like, oh, this, this, you can't have parking here. I'm like, fucking take it off. Yeah. I just want to oh, just fucking God. verify. I just, just fucking complete this. And it's it, it kept trying to do my debit card and it wouldn't work. And so <gasps> I re-entered the debit card. It's like, you tried too many times. I'm like, what? Oh, so my God. So they threw me back into the line. No. So I go back in there. I pick other seats. It does it again. I was like, I'm going to fucking, I'm sorry. I'm like this. I'm crying. I'm shaking. My heart's like, duh, 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 duh. I'm like, I'm not good. She's in Florida. Like, I got to fucking go. Yes. Right? And by the way, it's like four hours away. Yeah. But and so on a Wednesday what? night. So oh, what? I'm fucking going. Just take the anyway, weekend. I had, take when the I got weekend. back in the line for the third time, I got tickets and I had to use my credit card because I was like, I can't, you know, risk this again. Yes. And I got them. Oh my God. So May 25th, I believe it is. So I'm going to go see Phoebe so, Bridges. I'm going to cry in this outfit with thousands of other people and scream and sing her songs. And it's going to be the best like therapy session ever. So I wanted to get my son. I told you I'm getting him the Tears for Fears. Oh, We're yeah. going to Tears for Fears. Yeah. Um, but um, Paul McCartney's coming. Ooh, I've seen Paul McCartney. Um, so I was like, oh, this would be oh. hard rock. And Bitch, I, I got to tell money, you, money, and, money, and, money. and okay, you know that I am like a huge Pearl Jam fan. Like I've seen Pearl Jam. Like oh, I've never seen them. Oh, I've seen them in many different states. Cool. Like I love them. Like I've seen Damn. them a bunch of times. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I am. I got. Uh, I uh, walked backstage. Did I tell you this? I walked backstage. Oh wait, I got kicked out. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. 
God damn Tina it. just thinks she can go wherever she wants. But you know what? Yeah, I can. Ooh! And I did. <laughs> <laughs> she walked uh, back with some authority. That's what you have to do. I yeah. walked back there and I was like, oh, I just belong here. And I got right to that door. <laughs> right uh, to the door of where they were in their big fucking, like, yeah. uh, not the van, but, you know, the big stretched bus. And I was like, bloop. Like I got plucked at the oh back and the guy's god. like, you can't go there. And I was like, I just want to say hi. Oh my God. But they were nice. I mean, they, they escorted us gently yeah. to the exit. Oh my god! <laughs> what would happen if you had gotten through there? I just wanted to look at his face. Yeah. Oh my God. What if he was like, Eddie Vedder, let's yeah. go. I don't, there would be no hesitation. <laughs> oh my God. He's so, oh, by the way, that's so funny you bring him up because I saw on Twitter yesterday, they tweeted out a whole thing where they're behind this like rainbow or they're in front of this rainbow and they're saying, thank you to everybody who's been protesting in Florida. Yes. Like help us support equality Florida. That's incredible. Yes. They're, um, so I, to go back to the tickets and Paul McCartney, mm -hmm. like, you know, Pearl Jam, I don't know if you remember, like back in the day had that whole fight with Ticketmaster yes, because they're right. like, the, you know, screw you. You can't just like yeah. use us mm -hmm. to charge people. Like everyone should be able to go to a show. Yeah. And the last time they were here that I saw them, like it was like a few years ago. Um, because I remember he put a, a Trump mask on. It was, <laughs> it, mu it, it must've been the election year. Cause he was like, you know, like going nuts about Trump. And, um, his tickets are all the same price. Like when you go to a Pearl Jam, like you're not like, it's kind of the same thing. You like in the waiting room, you try to get your tickets mm -hmm. only a certain amount, but there is no price gouging, mm. you know, it's like even still today. Well, because, and also, but Paul McCartney. How much money does Paul McCartney but fucking Paul need? McCartney. How much? I went in and I, I, and I went in and I did from the lowest, you know, like sort low to high. Guess how much the lowest ticket is? Uh, $250. No. More? 500 No. Tina, shut the fuck up. $853. Are you fucking kidding no. me? And I'm like, I want to take my son who loves this band. He's loved this band. And maybe there were some cheaper tickets because they've been on sale for quite a while. But the Hard Rock venue is a small venue. Yeah. I saw Bob Dylan there. Like, it's tiny, tiny, tiny. 850 There it should not. Bob Dylan. Oh, my God. It, it was so He's sad. unrecognizable at this point with that voice. It was so sad. It was on? like Merle Haggard and Bob Dylan. Oh. And I could barely understand bob dylan i was I like know. it's very upsetting but i mean 850 i love bob dylan but 853 bucks like even if it was the front row like top oh, tier seat no fucking way no and and when you and, and it's like way up top yeah no. 853 dollars no. and i'm like this is messed up like because music should not be only for people who have money to go yeah i felt like, the same way about when hamilton about everybody gets to when go when hamilton came here i wanted to bring my kids good luck with that it's yeah. like three thousand dollars a ticket i was like yeah. fuck you how dare you yeah how dare you now you can go like now they have their you know the yeah. e-cast or whatever it is that's yeah. going but it's not right well and that's like the everything one thing, else what else is I that's mean, it's the like one the thing i always like loved this. about pearl jam is they were like we're not going to screw people you want to come to a show you come to a show everybody should be able to go to a show absolutely you know yes 853 dollars yeah phoebe's were 50 bucks a piece dear sir paul yeah my kid would like to see you but we don't have Seventeen hundred dollars oh to go God. for me to take him. By the way, it'd be more than that because Ticketmaster's going to add on another. Oh, that yeah, that wasn't like the taxes and blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, <laughs> oh that was just eight hundred fifty-three dollars. Yeah, God damn it, bitch. Um, <sighs> the last thing you know, last week I mentioned that we had the Lil Muck, and I said Viviana, 
And her name is Faviana. Yes. And I, when I went back and listened to it, I was like, that did <gasps> I not didn't sound even, right. I didn't even catch it. I'm so it. sorry. I didn't, I don't know if they heard it or whatever, but it's Faviana Rodriguez and not Viviana. That's embarrassing. Sorry. It's okay. She's she incredible. Sweetheart. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Today. I'm first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm covering. What, what do I care? You don't know who this person is. Former U.S. Congressman Randy Duke Cunningham. Oh, Duke. Dude, there's some such oh, such funny no. shit in here, bro. Like, there's <gasps> this thing with his kid that I fucking died. He fucking hear this shit. But uh, all right, let's fucking do now. Yay. It might be a little long, so I did cut some stuff out, but I had to cut stuff out of mine too. Okay, cool. But there was but, so much. Yeah, it's so hard sometimes. I know, I know. Ugh. Especially the kid's story. I was like, this is the fucking tits. I'm keeping it in. Oh, I can't wait. I need this. I need this. Duke Cunningham was born in Los Angeles, California to Randall and Leela Cunningham in December 1941. His father was a truck driver for Union Oil at the time. And around 1945, the family moved to Fresno where Cunningham's family father purchased a gas station. He really likes oil and gas. Oh, God. <laughs> in 1953, they moved to rural Shelbina, Missouri, where his parents purchased oh. and managed the Five and Dime Cunningham Variety <gasps> A Five store. and Dime. God. <laughs> it's like the Rose Apothecary from Schitt's Creek. Oh, from, uh, Schitt's, oh, from Creek. Schitt's Creek. Mm. Yeah. Or, I love that show. I just, when I think Five and Dime, I think of like Woolworths yeah. and like yeah. all that old timey. Did you ever take like a handful of loose candy from one of those places? Oh, yeah. And just be like, just. Yeah. Right? Butterscotch, oh always. Ugh. Ugh. No? All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> she stands alone, I guess. All right, I'll eat the I'll eat all the, the fucking butterscotch. The caramels. I am already I'll do old a caramel. lady. Like, that's such a fucking old lady thing. Like, have a butterscotch, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and here's a quarter. Rub my toes. <laughs> okay, so Cunningham graduated from Shelbina High School in 1959, and he attended Kirksville Teachers College for one year before transferring to the University of Missouri in Columbia. He graduated with a bachelor's degree in education and physical education in 1964. And he obtained his master's in education the following year. So he was hired as a PE teacher and swimming coach at Hinsdale uh, Central High School, where he stayed for one year. Um, And two members of his swim team competed in the 1968 Olympics and got the gold and silver medal. Hey. How about that? This is good. I mean, I feel like PE teachers have the life, man. I know we've brought, we've mentioned this before. I know. And when I said PE teacher, I just got a little. I remember when Tina was like, "But I have to com- make lesson plans, and we make the same amount of money." I was like, Ugh. "PE teachers are coming for this fucking podcast, pitchforks and basketball." I love PE teachers. I love I love PE teachers. I'm just saying, like, I I grade a lot of essays. <laughs> a lot oh of essays. God. So much shade in all of this. <laughs> so in 1967, he joins the Navy. Okay. During his service, Cunningham and his navigator radar intercept officer, uh, Irish Driscoll, became Jesus. the only Navy aces in the Vietnam War flying an oh. F-4 Phantom II from aboard aircraft carrier USS Constellation. He and Driscoll recorded five aerial victories against North Vietnamese. I mean, victories against the North Vietnamese. I mean, you know, I don't know if is it much of a victory? I mean, I don't know. I know. <laughs> um, between January and May 1972, including three kills in one flight, earning them the Navy Cross. Because we award people... For murdering yeah. people. Um, in the final engagement, Cunningham downed an MIG-17, which was supposedly piloted by Colonel Toon, a mythical North Vietnam Air Force fighter ace loosely based on a North Vietnamese pilot from the 921st Fighter Regiment named Yong Van Kok. That's a real name. I didn't make that up. Wait, so a mythical... So, so like, did they he exist? They probably make up these... 
No, oh, like, oh, to, like, like, keep I, the guys oh, going. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah, going to yeah. get this guy, right? Yeah. You I know how they always hear, every time you hear about somebody in like Afghanistan or Iraq being killed, it was like, it's the second in command. I was like, how many fucking second in commands are in this fucking <laughs> war? My God. Yeah. Every time you yeah. turn around, it's like the top guy, the top guy. Okay. Okay, so while returning to the carrier after the final shoot down, Cunningham and Driscoll were forced to eject from their F-4 over water near Nam Dinh, but they were rescued by Navy helicopter. After returning to the U.S. from Vietnam in 1972, Cunningham became an instructor at the U.S. Navy's Fighter Weapons School at the Navy Naval Air Station Miramar in San Diego. So now he's in California, right? Okay. He was reportedly nearly court-martialed for allegedly breaking into his commanding officer's office to compare his records and fitness reports with those of his colleagues. Oh, oh, egomaniac. <laughs> so he wants to see, am I the best? Am I not yes, the best? Yes, yes. That's weird. It's totally fucking That's weird. That's weird. It's totally, because like, like, who wh- cares? Who cares? Oh, he does. Um, That's very Of course, he denies weird. this, and he was supported by two of his superior officers, but like. Because you could go, you could steal whatever you want, take what you want, but you're going to just like. Yeah, he just wants to look to see if he's the best. Yeah. How many sit-ups did he do in two yeah. minutes? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Fucking weird. It's like, what else is on there? But those fit tests, right? Yeah. So he served tours with the VF-154 United States 7th Fleet and as executive officer, commanding officer of the shore-based adversary squadron. In 1985, Cunningham earned an MBA from National University. In 1987, he was featured on the PBS broadcast of the Nova Special Top Gun and Beyond. Oh, there's so many great pictures from this team. <laughs> oh my God. I, I think I, I, mean, I have one in our notes. Uh, during which he recounted his engagement with a North Vietnamese fighter pilot thought to be Colonel Toon. Oh. Oh, um, okay. He retired from the Navy with the final rank of commander in 1987, settling in Del Mar, a suburb of San Diego. Um, oh, and so he, he became goes back to California. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, okay. so he's in California. And he's married and they have two kids, or they adopted a son together. Um, and he became nationally known as a CNN commentator during the Persian Gulf War. Oh, okay. Okay. So because of his visibility on CNN as a commentator, Republican leaders in the area approach him about running for the Uh. 44th district to be a U.S. congressman, right? A house rep. Um, The district had been held for eight years by Democrat Jim Bates and was considered the most Democratic district in San Diego. Oh, However, Bates was bogged down in a scandal involving charges of sexual harassment. Ding! Because that's what we yes. do. <laughs> Cunningham won the Republican nomination in 1990 and hammered Bates about the scandal, promising to be, quote, a, crom- pro- a congressman we can be proud of, end quote. Uh-oh. Well, let's see where <laughs> this goes. Last words. <laughs> <laughs> he won by just one percentage point, giving Republicans full representation of the San Diego area for only the second time since the city was split into two districts after the 1960 census. And his status as a Vietnam War hero made him a sought-after source by colleagues and the media in the debate on whether to use military force against Iraq in the lead-up to the first Gulf War. <sighs> Guy Vander Yacht of Michigan, longtime chair of the National Republican Congressional Committee, said that Cunningham had considerable, quote, drawing power and was treated as a celebrity by fellow, Demo- uh, fellow Republicans. Even though the district uh, was not nearly as conservative as the other two Republican-held districts in the San Diego area, Cunningham was re-elected six times wow. with no less than 55% of the vote. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, but it's one of those things too, where it's like, if they're known and they're out there. Right. Like they're, and he's on TV. Yeah. And, and people so people see his name, that, they go to the yeah. ballot, they see his name and they fucking reelect yeah. him over and over again. Right. Even if it's a, a <sighs> like a, not a big conservative area. Right. You know? So he was a member of the Appropriations and Intelligence Committees and chaired the House Intelligence Subcommittee on the Human Intelligence Analysis and Counterintelligence during the 109th Congress. He was considered a leading Republican expert on national security issues. He was also a champion for education, using his position on the Appropriations Education Subcommittee to steer federal dollars to schools in San Diego. 
And after surgery for prostate cancer in 1998, he became a champion of early testing for the disease. Okay, so some good things. Yeah, so let's, let's, let me give you some of these things that he said while he was in office that are wacky, uh -oh. like fucking wacky, wacky. Uh -oh. So he's, uh, he, so at one point he, making a comment about gay Congressman Barney Frank, uh -oh. where he called the rectal examination for prostate cancer, just not natural, unless maybe you're Bar Barney <gasps> Frank. <and> what? <laughs> What? Why? Like, but why? Uh, what? Like what? To, what purpose does that statement serve? Who is he saying this to? Probably to make people laugh. Probably I but I mean, yeah, but it's 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 not right. I mean, no, he's an asshole. He's I a mean, fucking asshole, right? Wow. Displaying his middle finger to a constituent <gasps> and said, for emphasis, the two word meaning of his one finger salute during an argument over military spending. He told a constituent, wow. "Fuck you," and went like this to him. Wow. <laughs> All right, this guy. But this is the fire I want from Democrats yes. every day. Like yes. I just want a Democrat to be like, "Fuck you." You know, fuck you, DeSantis. Fuck you for this bill. Fuck you yeah. for like, like, just say it. Who cares? I love. Well, it. I think what we need to do with these damn Republicans yeah. is start calling them. Yeah. Like you know these little wimpy. Yeah. You know, oh my God, our kid. We have to protect our kids. They can't read stuff. Like, oh, the poor Republicans are so afraid all yeah. of the time. Like, just because yeah. they have such an ego and they mm -hmm. think that they're so tough. Yeah. I think that's how we have to hammer them. Remember we have we were, to attack Remember on them. the last episode when you were talking about what are we going to call these women? Because yes. we can call them women. So our engineer here came up with something that I thought was really fucking oh funny. Oh my God, let me hear. Wino. <laughs> <laughs> woman in name only. Oh my God. Is he a genius or is he a oh fucking Oh my God. Genius? And then it's like whiny. Yeah. <gasps> Why no? That's that's the episode title. <laughs> Woo, Tina, fuck this! Uh, Thank you for doing my job for me. Uh, brilliant! Oh, wow! Genius. I laughed for a good five minutes. Probably fell, wow. fell over when that was said. I was like, Ooh. "Whoa!" We have to make some why no merch. Yes, with uh, their faces on it. Oh my god! First up, Kelly uh, Kelly uh, Stargle. Is that her yeah, name? Yeah, bitch. Cunt face, yeah. Thank all you. Of these, all of these, the That's her the, Mar title. the Marjorie Taylor Greens, yes. all of these yes. like yes. trash women. Um, the other one, who did you cover? Didn't you cover? Or I did. Bobert. Bobert. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Suggesting that the Democratic House leadership should be lined up and shot. A call he had previously made about Vietnam War protesters. What? <laughs> oh, this is awful. Referring to gay soldiers as homos on the floor of the House of Representatives. When he said backers of an environmental amendment were, quote, the same people that would put homos in the military. Oh, quote. my God. He later apologized for his comments. Oh, um, does it? I believe mean, this. Why isn't he kicked out? I don't know. Homos is is so it's a funny word to me, but only because that's what you would hear when we were kids. You know, it was acceptable it, to be like homos. Uh, so it just makes me think of that so much. And it, it, but it's so awful. It's so awful. And this person's elected. He's an elected official. What a fucking piece of shit. So while Cunningham said that I cut my own rudder on issues, he had a very conservative voting record, right? So he tries to act like he's a maverick, yeah. but you know, he's really just goes party line. He was often compared by liberal interest groups to former Congressman Bob Dornan. Both were ardent conservatives. Both were former military pilots and spoke out against perceived enemies. Oh God. Um, in 1992, Cunningham along with Dornan and fellow San Diego Republican Duncan L. Hunter challenged the patriotism of then Democratic presidential candidate Bill Clinton before a near empty House chamber, but still viewed by C-SPAN viewers. This was that, you but, know, Newt Gingrich way of yes. like, there's nobody there, but they're ranting from the podium 
like insane fucking things that are going out onto the news, yeah. but they're not saying it to anybody. Like there, there's no cheers to this. It's just them trying to make controversial statements. And this guy was doing the same thing. It's so and, gross. Yeah. In September, 1996, he criticized president Clinton for appointing judges who were soft on crime and said, we must get tough on drug dealers. He added, um, those who peddle destruction on our children must pay dearly. End quote. He favored stiff drug penalties and voted for the death penalty for major drug dealers. So here's death the death penalty for yeah. drug dealers. Yeah. So here's the thing. Four months later, his son Todd <gasps> gets arrested for helping to transport 400 pounds of marijuana. <gasps> no! From Texas, <laughs> from Texas to Indiana. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. This yeah. is amazing. Okay. So, so he's smuggling. Yeah. Meanwhile, his dad's like, do put you, him to death. And his, his son's like, dee, 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 with all that fucking do you marijuana, <laughs> like crossing the fucking borders. Do you and remember? Shit. Um, I used to love one of my favorite movies in the world is uh, Up in Smoke. And oh, I've never you, seen it. Oh my God. Yeah. But you remember like they're, they're coming across the border and there's like a station wagon full of nuns and they're like, it's a bevy of nuns. And they think that the nuns are smuggling in and they start like, you know, it's like, it's like searching the end, but they're really nuns. Yeah. And then they end up like going through because like they're distracted because they think that the, the nuns have smuggled in the marijuana. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> You've never nuns. seen. I've never seen. Maybe I, okay. maybe now I need to because. It's just a funny movie. All right, I will watch it. We're gonna watch it together. <gasps> okay. Movie night. Movie oh, night. Look, there's so many good lines. When he was she, when he's at the side of the road, and he's like dressed like a woman, and then she Do you still have a mustache. And, yes, and oh, then God, uh, the it's no Tommy Chong because he like his parents like kick him out. Oh my God, it's so stupid. But he's like a hey, double bubble, and he like tries to pull pick him up, and then he's like wait, and then he's like, but he's I see like you know I've got weed, and then they just that's how they they're friends. friends. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> the movie is hilarious. All right. Well. All right. We'll watch it. Am I right? Am I right? It's so good. It's, all right. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to get through this story. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. with Cheech and Chong's now involved I'm sorry. In I'm sorry. All right. So the son pleads guilty to possession and conspiracy to sell marijuana. And at his son's hearing, Cunningham fought back tears as he begged the judge for leniency. Oh, he shouldn't be put to death? Oh, no. What? 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 Oh, I thought... Um, he was sentenced, so Todd was sentenced to two and a half years in prison in part because he tested positive for cocaine three times while on bail. Wow. This, he must've been a hell of a dad. Could you wow. imagine this kid can't even fucking stand wow. it? Yeah. Um, his press secretary responded to accusations of double standards with quote, the sentence Todd got had nothing to do with Duke. Duke is, and has always been tough on drugs oh. and remains tough on drugs. So then quote. why, why didn't he go to the judge and say, throw the book at him, judge? Yeah. yeah. Let's make a let's make an example out of my own son, so uh, yeah. to show that th this is such a serious issue. I know. <laughs> so let's get into the scandal. Okay, because oh. that's not it. That was oh, just a little bit. Oh, oh. So in June two thousand five, a story appeared in the San Diego Union Tribune by Marcus Stern and Jerry Kramer, who later received a Pulitzer surprise. Surprise! A Pulitzer surprise, <laughs> like a Cracker Jack box. Yay! You want a Pulitzer? You want a Pulitzer? You get a tattoo and oh you my get God. a whistle and yeah. you get a fucking plastic tiger, but you get a Pulitzer. Okay, he, oh they my. won the Pulitzer Prize for the reporting, and the story revealed that a defense contractor, Mitchell Wade, founder of the defense contracting firm MZM Inc., bought Cunningham's house in Del Mar in 2003. For $1,675,000. In 2003? Yes. A Ooh. month later, Wade, who's this contractor, put it back on the market 
and it remained unsold for eight months until the price was reduced to 975000 okay? So he pays Cunningham for his house. He buys the house from him. Why? Well, what, I mean... I mean, why at that high cost and then it goes right, down right. in so a Cunningham, few months? Cunningham was a member of the Defense Appropriations Committee at the time. And soon after the purchase, Wade's company began to receive tens of millions of dollars worth of defense <gasps> intelligence contracts. Cunningham claimed the deal was legitimate, uh, adding, quote, I feel very confident that I haven't done anything wrong. Right? Oh, so it was okay. like a so, legitimate way to give him, to bribe him. So, yeah, so, him it's a, so he basically made like half a million dollars yeah. on this sale of what his house would have really yeah. sold for. And that was his way yes. of hooking up this contractor. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, oh, what a nice so, guy. Yeah. So later in June, it was further reported that Cunningham lived on a rent free, rent free on a yacht named Duke Stir while he was in Washington. And the yacht was owned by Wade. Cunningham paid only for the maintenance of the, of the yacht. What? Yeah. An article in the San Diego Union Tribune reported that Cunningham liked to invite Women to his yacht. Oh, hey. Mm-hmm. Come Honey. look at my boat. It's I got a big boat. Oh, my God. Tina's fine. <laughs> <laughs> today. Jeez Louise. That's my role. On I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're the good one. I'm keeping it. I'm going to behave. I mean, at least on the podcast, she's incredibly filthy off the podcast. <laughs> okay. We're cutting that out. No, we are? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of them said that he would change. Uh, oh, so he would invite women onto the yacht. And two of these women said and when they were interviewed that he would change into pajama bottoms and a turtleneck sweater to entertain them with chilled champagne, but a light of a lava lamp. Wait. <laughs> Like, like dude, silk, old, like by the way. silk boxers and a turtleneck. Yeah, and then he'd put Why on. Why would you have a turtleneck with boxers? I I don't know. Maybe he was um um didn't have a lot of confidence oh. on his body up there. I mean, I would totally like try to hide everything, right? Like I back out of a room. I walk out. Girl, like this. don't look at me. 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 I'll be right back. And I run out. <laughs> no. Well, that's what I do. Why? Um, I hate myself. Oh my god. <laughs> She's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> okay. So the FBI launched an investigation regarding the real estate transaction in Cunningham's home. MZM corporate offices and Wade's off- home were all simulta- simultaneously raided by the federal agencies within <gasps> with warrants on July 1st, 2005. Wow. Yeah. So he's living for free, essentially. Yeah. And this guy's get- getting all these great contracts. Yeah. I mean, it, this is clear and obvious. Yes. Um, on July 14th, 2005, Cunningham announced that he would not run for Ooh. a ninth term in 2006, saying that while he believed he would be cleared of any wrongdoing, he could not defend himself and run for re-election at the same time. Mm-hmm. He, admitted, he admitted to displaying poor judgment when he sold his house to Wade. Um, besides Wade, the three other co-conspirators were Brent R. Wilkes, founder of San Diego-based ADCS, Inc., New York businessman Thomas Condogenius, and John T. Michael, who is... Uh, the uh, nephew of Conda Genius and the owner of the New York-based mortgage firm Coast Cap- Coastal Capital Corp. So, oh, he's so they're doing all, this with they're other all in cahoots yeah. with this real estate contracting yes. business. Yes. Okay. So property records show the company made $1.15 million in real estate loans to Cunningham, two of which were used in the purchase of his Rancho <gasps> Santa Fe mansion. So he's also getting money wow. that way. Court records show that Wade paid off one of those loans. So the a contractor's paying off loans at Cunningham. Yeah, had. no, this is crazy. In 1997, Cunningham had pushed the Pentagon into buying a $20 million document digitized digitization system created by ADCS, <gasps> uh, Inc., one of the several defense companies owned by Wilkes. And no. the Pentagon said they didn't want to buy the system. 
And when it had done so three years later, Cunningham angrily demanded the firing of Lou Kratz, who was an assistant undersecretary of defense, of the defense. And he, he thought he was responsible for the delays. But they didn't want the fucking program. And he was like hammering them yes, together. Because he's, he's going to make money. He's going to make money. Yeah. Wow. And it later, it later emerged that Wilkes reportedly gave Cunningham more than $630,000 <gasps> in cash and favors. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. He was Everybody is so shady. Yeah. But remember, he was going to be someone that the district could be proud of. Yeah. Well. On April 27, 2006, months after his, he pleads guilty and all of that, you know, he'll go, he, he's end up going to jail. But the Wall Street Journal reported that in addition to all the favors, gifts, and money Cunningham received from defense contractors who wanted his help, Cunningham may have been provided with sex workers, <gasps> hotel rooms, limousines, and other amenities. Wow. Yeah. Look at Cunningham. Of course. Of course. Wow. Right? Um, on November 28, 2005, he pleaded guilty to tax evasion, conspiracy to commit bribery, mail fraud, and wire fraud in federal court in San Diego. Among the many bribes Cunningham admitted receiving was the sale of his home in Del Mar at the, at the inflated price and the free use of the yacht, a used Rolls Royce, an anti, um, antique furniture, Persian rugs, what? jewelry, what? and a $2,000 co contribution for his daughter's college graduation <gasps> party. <laughs> what? I mean... Wow. Uh, how did he think that it, he would get away with it? That's a lot of yeah. stuff. Well, he's fucking egotistical, And how right? much, money, do, how much money does he make as a congressman? Yeah, not that to, much. To try to, I mean, to justify... Right. Or, and taxes. It makes and, no sense. No, this makes no sense. So um, his attorney, Mark Halsher, later said that the government's evidence was so overwhelming they had no choice but to recommend a guilty plea. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're like, well, we can't have, we can't do. <laughs> now that's something you never yeah. hear a defense attorney. Like, how can we wiggle? Yeah. Oh, we're fucked. Like, yeah. You're, Just, in, yeah. you're in no trouble. I mean, you're in too uh, much trouble. Like, it's no way we're getting the fuck out of this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, take the plea, take the plea. It's like the complete opposite of the guy you covered last week who was like, the oh, wife's a piece of yeah, shit that he's yeah. over your fucking uh, girls. Like, yes. no, this guy was like, bro, I'm uh, so sorry. You have to go to jail. <laughs> you have to go to jail. How long does he go to jail? Uh, hold on. Uh, we'll I, get I don't to remember. It. We'll yeah, we'll get to okay. It. okay. So with the plea bargain, Cunningham faced a maximum of 10 years. Um, and he fought, but he fought the charges, of course, and he risked, but if he had fought the charges, he risked spending more time in jail. Right, right, right. So at, um, as part of his guilty plea, Cunningham agreed to forfeit his $200.55 million home in Rancho Santa Fe, which he bought with the proceeds of the wow. sale from the Del Mar house and uh, initially tried to sell the Rancho Santa Fe house, but federal prosecutors moved to block the sale after finding evidence it was purchased with Wade's money. Oh so my like, God. So he, oh, he I'm going to sell the house I got in a yeah. bad way to try yes. to pay off the money yeah. from that I got in the bad yeah, way. Yeah. That's so stupid. He also had to for forfeit more than $1.8 million in cash, Ooh. antiques, rugs, and other items. Oh, is such a funny thing, isn't it? What is his wife, his, what is his wife doing? I think she this? ended up leaving him during the middle. Imagine of that like people are just coming and taking your stuff. Yeah. I mean, she had to know something shady was, of course, no. So then as part of the plea agreement, Cunningham agreed to help the government in its prosecution of others involved in the defense contract, contract bribery. So he's like fucking, he's also a rat, you know, he's Ugh. flipping. Okay. So he resigns, right? He announced yeah. that he'll resign from the house and, um, and we had a press conference and after entering the plea and then he had this statement, which is a little bit uh. long, but. That's all right. So yeah. he says, quote, when I announced several months ago that I would not seek reelection, I publicly declared my innocence because I was not strong enough to face the truth. So I misled my family, staff, friends, colleagues, and the public, even myself. For all of this, I am deeply sorry. The truth is I broke the law. 
concealed my conduct and disgraced my high office. I know that I will forfeit my freedom, my reputation, my worldly possessions, and most importantly, the trust of my friends and family. In my life, I have known great joy and great sorrow, and now I have known great shame. Ooh. Damn. I learned in Vietnam that the true measure of a man is how he responds to adversity adversity. I cannot undo what I have done, but I can atone. I am almost 65 years old. And as I enter the twilight Ooh. of my life, I intend to use the remaining time that God grants me to make amends. End quote. All right. Pretty good. That's a pretty good, we've yeah. read lots of these statements yes. on the show. That's yes. a pretty good one. Yeah. Someone helped to write that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Come on. And that turtleneck, honey. I mean, Do you imagine you go to this yacht and he, this old man? I just like, can't he imagine. He comes out with glasses and you're like, ding, 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 ding. I know, but like, but on, silk like, oh, boxers God. and a turtleneck just But the lava lamp is like, it's like the, the perfect, <laughs> you know? Oh, to lava make love lamps. by the light of a lava lamp? That's kind of hot. Yeah. Can we sell those on Amazon, I wonder? <laughs> I, I, I bet you can get one. Okay. So... Have you ever had? Have you ever had a lava lamp? My sister had a lava lamp. I had one. I had one too. Yeah, I had one. There was a time when that was like a thing with your neon phone and your lava fucking lamp. (laughs) So um, on March third, two thousand six, U.S. District Judge Larry A. Burns sentenced Cunningham to eight years and four months in prison. Federal prosecutors pushed for the maximum sentence of ten years, but Cunningham's defense lawyers argued that at sixty-four years old and with prostate cancer, Cunningham would likely die in prison if he received the full sentence. Oh well. Judge uh, Burns cited his military service in Vietnam, age, and health as the reason for not giving him the full 10 years. Prosecutors announced that they were satisfied with the sentence, which was the longest jail term ever given to a former congressman. Wow. On the day of sentencing, Congress or Cunningham was 90 pounds lighter than the win, than when allegations first surfaced nine months later. You, bit, you, you mean, lose a bit of your appetite yeah. when you're <laughs> accused of a crime and all your dirt comes to the surface, Tina. You Ooh, know what I'm saying? I love it. I, know. I love this accent might be a good diet though maybe i should commit some crimes no okay no uh after <laughs> receiving his sentence cunningham made a request to see his 91 year old mother one last time before going to prison he said quote i made a very wrong turn i rationalized decisions i knew were wrong i did that sir cunningham said but the request was immediately denied and he oh. was brought to prison he was incarcerated at the minimum security satellite camp in the u.s penitentiary at tucson arizona and a with a scheduled release date of June 4th, 2013. Wow. He spent his time at the prison teaching fellow inmates to obtain their GED, as well as advocating for prison reform. Always the politician. <laughs> Despite yeah. his guilty plea, Cunningham received pensions for his 21 years of U.S. Navy no! service. And almost 15 no! years in Congress. However, no! prosecutors were successful in garnishing them for back taxes and penalties. In June okay. 2010, Cunningham submitted a handwritten three-page letter to sentencing Judge Larry Burns, um, complaining that the IRS was killing him by seizing all his remaining savings and his Congre- Congressional Navy pensions. Sorry, dude. <laughs> penalties, and he feels were not warranted under his plea agreement. Okay. Burns wrote back in August 2010, stating that the agency was collecting back taxes, interest penalties on the bribes Cunningham received in 2003 and 2004. Thus, so, I mean, there was no action that was going to be yeah, taken. Yeah, sucks like, for you, dude. Yeah. Um, in April 2011, Cunningham sent a 10-page typewritten document pleading his case to USA Today, the Los Angeles Times, no! Talking Points Memo, and San Diego City Beat. He titled the document, The Untold Story of Duke Cunningham. Oh, okay. In the document, Cunningham says that because Judge Burns has declared his case closed, he was now offering to speak to the media, which was inundated, had inundated him with inquiries since 2004. And according to City Beat- He's trying to make some money. Yeah. According to City Beat, in the statement, Cunningham claimed that he was doped up on sedatives and made his plea knowing that it was 90 to 95% untrue. Oh, oh. Can you believe this? Oh. Like, it go, like you have this beautiful statement when you resign and yeah. you leave. And now you're no. like, oh, it's not real. Yeah. What? 
Why are you doing that? You did the right thing already. What the no. fuck are you doing, man? He wants so out. He wants to get out. Yeah, he was released. And to he a wants halfway- some money. He wants to sell his story to these uh, newspapers. Yeah. He was released to a halfway house in New Orleans in February 2013. And on June 4th, 2013, he was completely he was completely released from wow. confinement. Um, Cunningham told a federal judge that he planned to live in Arkansas and that he would live on uh, $1,700 a month, which is what wow. he was getting from all those things. Yeah. Um, wow. He's that life changed. Yeah. In his letter, Cunningham pleaded for a gun permit, saying he longed to hunt in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. The Uh-oh. judge denied the request oh. as being beyond <laughs> the scope of his authority, citing the law that limits the gun permits for convicted criminals, a law that Cunningham voted for while in Congress. Oh, my God. That is the best irony at the end I of know. this. <laughs> well, here's another great thing. On January 13th, 2021, Cunningham received a full pardon from Donald Trump. Of course he did. Which means, yeah, he'll get all that money, he'll right? Get he'll everything get all back. the pension. He'll get all the... Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Trump. Yep. And that's Duke Cunningham. Wow. Do you like it? I mean, just the fact that he sold his house, Mm -hmm. like he's doing all and just just racking in all this money and then thinks like no one is going to notice the IRS isn't going to look. It's kind of a genius thing. I mean, the problem is, I mean, selling the house is so genius, but it just was in the state, the the fucking real name of the person who owns the defense contract. They should have tried to have a shell shell company. Somebody else. What are you talking about? They should have, yeah, had some other connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. But then that would have been like money laundering or something. You know, that would have been another, yeah, some kind of charge. (gasps) I think the sun story is my favorite Oh, that's the best. Yeah. All right, are you ready? Um, Do you want some more coffee first? Yes. Okay, me too. I'm Rob. I'm Nick. And I'm Joe. I love it. I think it's kind of meh. And I've never seen it. We're keeping up with the Cardassians. A podcast covering seven seasons of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. But that's not it. We go down the wormhole. Of pop culture, life. And Garrick. New episodes every Monday on your favorite podcasting platforms. You can also interact with the show on Twitter at Cardassians Pod. And just like the Ferengi, we can't wait to stroke your lobes. I'm ready. Okay. Today, yes, I'm going to tell you the story of Emma Goldman. Oh. So Russian immigrant Emma <gasps> Goldman yes. became known as a leading champion for women's rights. But oh, no. after years of political anarchy... She's deported back to Russia. I love this lady so much. Okay. I feel like I might know this person. You might. You might. You might. I mean, I I am in love with this lady. Oh, my gosh. I (gasps) was like reading about her and reading about her. I'm like, I need to get her autobiography. (gasps) So our story takes place primarily in New York during the late 1800s. Uh, and early 1900s. So um, when I first started this, I didn't realize like how much background there is. So I, I cannot include all of it. Um, so I'm going to just have the juicy bits of it included, Perfect. you know. All right. So as you do. As I do. So also when I first started this, I thought that Goldman was a standard sort of suffragette of mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. But she's not. She was like a full-on anarchist. And Woo! I'm like, yes. Burn like, it down, Yes. Bitch. And she wanted <laughs> to, according to the Jewish Woman's Archive, um, she wanted a new social order. And for her, like, anarchy was a way to make that happen. Mm. So she was born in Russia in 1869. She comes to the U.S. in 1885 at 16 years old. So she's wow. 
you know, ends up like living her life in America. Mm-hmm. And she got involved in politics after a riot in Chicago called the Haymarket Affair. Mm. So I wanted to do, I mean, the Haymarket Affair could be like its own episode. Okay. So I'm just going to highlight it yeah, a little yeah. bit. And according to like the wiki page on it, um, this was a massacre that happened in Chicago in 1886. So Goldman was 17 years old at the time and the riot centered on labor workers Mm. who were protesting for things like an eight hour workday and things like that. And by all accounts, the protests started off peacefully, but the police uh, ended up killing one of the workers and a few others were hurt. And so the day after that happened, um, someone threw dynamite at the cops and um, they wanted the crowd to disperse and they approached the speakers and then this bomb was thrown and that that bomb killed seven police (gasps) officers. Oh no. And then once the bomb went off, the gunfire started. Oh my gosh. And no one is clear about like who started the shooting, but the police were shooting at like the people in the crowd um, at the demonstrate demonstrators. And ultimately uh, four of them were killed and 70 were wounded. And that's according to historian Paul Average. So what followed was a trial. And like today, when cops are killed, people go nuts. Mm -hmm. And a set of seven anarchists were set to trial and they were sentenced to death for the murder of the cops. Wow. So like I said, like there's a lot to that story. And that's kind of just like a very brief overview. But that's something that she kind of like heard about. It was like a big thing. And that that kind of inspired her to her political work at a young age. Mm. So... um, Again, like I said, um, this is all about like labor unions and the labor unions kind of flipped out at the time over the sentencing and then riots are cropping up everywhere as a result. And even though the labor workers flipped, the media at the time, they were painting anarchists in this very bad light, but Mm -hmm. they're just like trying to help out the worker you know, because corporations don't give a shit. Right. And they still don't give a shit today. Right. I mean, this is, this would be the same scenario today. 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 I mean, look at like Amazon and like all of these other companies. So they were, they looked at them like as you're these dangerous folks and it led to anti-immigrant sentiment because Mm. a lot of the people that were anarchists were immigrants fighting for these rights. And she is this Russian immigrant. And so there's also you know, that um, connection to like the Bolsheviks and like the Russian um, revolutionary movement and all of that. Mm -hmm. So that's where her kind of interest in anarchy kind of stems from. Mm -hmm. And she liked the idea of a society of equals where everyday people could solve problems and that it's not the state dictating everything. Mm -hmm. So the American Experience article also noted that Goldman had an unhappy marriage and decided to leave that marriage, which at the time is pretty radical, right? Yeah. Like women weren't just like She was pretty young too. She was very young. Mm-hmm. So she decides to take off to New York. And once she's there, she Damn. joins the German an- anarchist movement. I'm, I'm like, wow. So just to give a definition of what an anarchist is, specifically during like the progressive era and the Gilded Age, according to Lauren Golder's dissertation, Anarchy at Home, she talks about it as a political philosophy that views hierarchy as the root of many social problems and seeks to free humans from systems of power such as the state. During the Gilded Age and progressive era, the anarchist movement was perhaps best known for a series of politically motivated bombings and assassinations Mm. in the U.S. and Europe, and but from this um, of what was known as propaganda by deed, and it re- represented only one aspect of the movement. Some anarchists believe that in order to bring about large scale revolution, 
one must also revolutionize their personal life and live according to anarchist principles. Mm. Their actions toward this goal included practicing free love, reimagining gender roles and relationships mm. and experimenting with new forms of education and child rearing. And she's wow. like all about this at yes. that time, which I, I was like, this. yeah, that's so incredible. incredibly progressive. Mm-hmm. So Goldman is this gifted writer on top of everything. So she gives these speeches and she <laughs> writes all of these like incredible essays and they end up serving her very well politically, like the ability to write and nice. speak. So she becomes a leading advocate, and according to Jewish Women's Archive, um, she is focused on freedom of expression, radical education, sexual freedom, birth control, equality, and union organization. Oh my God, And she had this to say about anarchism in a 1910 essay. Anarchism is the great liberator of man from the phantoms that have held him captive. She has so many essays. I was reading some of her essays and I was like, oh my God. And I I just- Even after all the essays you have to read for school? No, no. Though, like- her essays Maybe are so good. Maybe should be a PE good. teacher and then just read her <laughs> essays all day. <laughs> so her work actually led her uh, to be uh, considered radical. Of course. And it earned her the label of the most dangerous woman in America. Oh my God. Like, Can somebody please that's what say the that US, like, the I want to be the most dangerous woman in the America. The US government considered oh, her that. Like, oh, imagine so that. Oh, fuck. I love this. So once yes. she's in New York, she hooks up with this guy mm. named Alexander Berkman. Mm-hmm. And Berkman was a straight up anarchist as well. And Hot. he believed in political assassination. Oh, wait a so, minute. So, yes. Wait a minute. And this led <laughs> to Berkman's involvement in the assassination attempt of a steel magnet by the name of Henry Clay Frick. So, like, they really believe, like, we got to take down the, these people. And, and he's very radical. He's very I radical. Mean, that is radical. Murder uh, yeah, is Yeah, murder. A too I far. mean, it's too far. It's too far. But so, according to the American experience, this attempt was in retaliation to how Frick treated steel workers during the Homestead steel strike. And the article notes that both Berkman and Goldman have this sort of anarchist position stemming, again, from that Russian background. So, again, that's sort of this anti-immigrant or certain immigrants comes into this a little bit and that they didn't understand like American culture was very different. Like in Russia, maybe this was how things were done, but not in America, but yeah. they're like, whatever, like we're blowing up these people oh because we need God. to protect the workers. Yeah. So um, again, very radical. Damn. Berkman ends up serving 14 years <gasps> for trying to kill Frick. So Holy they don't kill shit. him, but he goes to jail for it. Right. What the fuck? But Goldman She's with him, but she, like, doesn't go to jail. You know, they don't see her as, like, involved in, like, the plot to assassinate Mm. this guy. So, meanwhile, she continues on with her work. And almost a decade later, President William McKinley is assassinated by this guy, Leon Zolgas. And when asked why he did it, this self-proclaimed anarchist said that he got inspiration to kill the president from one of Emma Goldman's lectures. Oh my God, yes. Tina, stop it. I was like, stop. what? Holy shit. So she shit. didn't know him, but no. he like attended one of her lectures and he's uh, like, this is like the Fox it's, News it's nonsense. Cra- it's crazy. Come on, they, they, it does like, make yeah. people fucking nuts. So, um, I know. So according to well, the American, so this is the thing though. She's, this is it. Now I mean- Goldman, instead of condemning the death of the US president, mm-hmm. she um, comes to, Zolgos's defense, she says, quote, as an anarchist, I'm opposed to violence. 
But if the people want to do away with assassins, they must do away with the conditions which produce murderers. So, like, you know what I'm saying? She's like, this is a systemic problem. Y'all need to look at yourself. we need to look at what is causing people to want to go to these extremes. And it's, cap. I mean, capitalism, right? Mm. That is causing, wow. I was, I'm telling you, like, the more I was reading, I was like, this lady is Yeah, because she could have easily come out and been like, this is wrong. This is awful. I can't believe this happened. I'm so sorry. And, and she's like, time, oh, as take a, woman, a look at yourselves, bitch. Look at, in the mirror. And as a woman oh in God. this time period, like yeah, just to keep going, oh, dude, I was like, on. wow, 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 wow. Yeah, I would never leave my so, house again. Again, to be clear, for her and many anarchists, they don't necessarily believe in bombing shit or va- advocating for violence, but they say that the violence stems from the system of government that is in place. Mm. So they defend it in a way because they want people to rise up against oppression. Yeah. So she continued to give lectures and she tries to make this idea of anarchism palatable to right. Americans, right? Um, and it was more popular with immigrant populations who often do a lot of the labor work that other people don't want to do, right? Mm. The other thing she did is she started a magazine called Mother Earth, which focused on politics and literature. Mm. I want this magazine to come back. Can we make this magazine come back? If anybody could do it, you could, Tina. It started in 1906, and it remained in publication until 1917. And then I'll talk about why the magazine was shut down. I'm going to kind of go into some of the things that got her into trouble. Okay. So she was like a big advocate for workers' rights, and she finds herself arrested and imprisoned in 1880. She got arrested several times. Okay. Um, and went to jail. Like she was just like, she just kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 1893, uh, she challenged the unemployed to take action. She said, quote, ask for work. If they do not give you work, ask for bread. If they do not give you work or bread, take bread. Like, Damn. just do it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I I don't know why I love her so much, but I do. I'm like, yes, girl. So but she I mean, got in trouble. Is like the- she got imprisoned for this, for trying to like rile up. Yeah you know, the labor yeah. unions and all of that. Mm. So freedom of speech. So after McKinley is killed, there's more and more pressure to stop folks from speaking out against the government. And this prompts Goldman to continue to lecture about freedom of speech. And she starts doing work with an organization called the Free Speech League, uh, according to Berkeley's Emma Goldman paper. So she's like, we're going to keep going. Damn. Here's something else that I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And it's birth control. So Margaret Sanger was one of the leading fighters in the birth control movement, and her mentor was Emma Goldman. But you remember we talked about Margaret Sanger. Yes. But how she was part of Planned Parenthood, who would also go after women of color. Yes, 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 yes. But Emma Goldman is not like that. No, I got it. But but this woman, she kind of mentored her. And as noted in the Emma Goldman papers, Goldman believed that birth control could not only lead to sexual freedom for women, Mm. but also economic freedom. And she began advocating for birth control around 1900. So 122 years ago, and we're still fighting for access to birth control. Yeah, it's... 122 years. That's why I'm like, why? 122 years. but but women have never been respected at any point before that so it's like it's it's forever it's more than 122 years you know what I mean yeah and it's just it's just a way to hang on to that to have control over us and you're right that economic power this yes the freedoms to be able to to live a life that is good 
And you can yes. have that life with when you choose to have children. Yes. You know what I yes. mean? We talked about this the other night. We both had our children in our 30s, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, we had our 20s to enjoy our lives yes. and, and go to school and earn a living and go travel yes. and like, do the things that we wanted to do. That was the freedom we had because of birth control. Yes. Or condoms. My God. Whatever you're using. Whatever you're using. Whatever you're doing. So at the time, the Comstock Act was in effect. And essentially, that was about you can't mail or produce anything obscene, like no pornographic material. Uh And of course, they added that contraception was in and of itself obscene. So if you did any uh, pamphlets on contraception, if you talked about it, so that's how she ends up in jail, because she's trying to inform people about birth control. Um, So... Um, She went to prison on at least two different occasions. In a letter she wrote about birth control, she said, quote, while I am not particularly anxious to go to jail, I should yet be glad to do so if thereby I can add my might to the importance of birth control Mm. and the wiping off of our antiquated law upon the statute. Wow. Um, And according to Lily Rothman's Time Magazine article, when she was released from jail, 3,000 people showed up to get information <gasps> about birth control. Holy fuck! Yeah, yeah. Tina, I know. that's I was insane. like, wow, like, how about that? Like, wow. wow. All right. She's so, fucking amazing. The major incident. Oh, no. So while she found himself in trouble for a lot of things, it was her anti-war, anti-military stance that mm. lands her in the biggest trouble. Okay. So she did not believe that the state, any state, like any governing power, had the right to evoke war on anyone else. Mm. So... And remember I said she was on that free speech crusade. Well, there were two laws that were put into place that continued to curtail freedom of speech. And those were known as the Espionage Act of Mm. 1917 and the Sedition Act of 1918, which we've talked about in other episodes. And basically these laws, as noted on the history site, criminalized any, quote, disloyal, profane, scurrilous, or abusive language. And the U.S. government or military or any speech intended to incite insubordination, disloyalty, mutiny, or refusal of duty. It's a and law, that part is where patriotic she Patriotic law yes, to yes. be a patriot. Yes. It's just the opposite of like <laughs> what freedom of speech is about. Right. It's right. so insane. And we're heading into World War One, Right. So Woodrow Wilson... then the president didn't want people talking shit about the government or their position about entering the war. And if you did like into the slammer, you go like, that's it. Nonstop endless propaganda. Right. Which is still happening. It's still happening. Now the propaganda is on your Twitter feed. Right. I told you this, like, I, I mean, I've discussed it with the engineer our engineer, but like, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to get involved in like this Russia, Ukraine, like we've talked about it anyway, but like the, what I consider propaganda to like, to uh, prop up this president of Ukraine, like he's a, some sort of a heart heartthrob. It's fucking weird and creepy. <laughs> it's been like, happening. Why are we making? Yeah. Why are we romanticizing this person? I mean, yes, he's at war. Like we're yes. we're supporting. Yes. We get it. Yes. But like, what is this propaganda and this idea to push him as like? a teen bop like idol like I it's know. so fucking weird here's a picture of him and his wife and their kids and the dog why are you so i know he's a human being yes. like i don't need to sh- see that he's a family man to support the country russia's know, obviously but fucking i think turds, other people like, i think other so people don't weird. know you know what i mean but like it's such a push that it's it's obvious that it's there's something behind it there's like some sort of spin machine behind it and it's fucking weird it's, it's really got, we fucking have to weird. we have to justify our involvement yeah that's but that's how we get people. But happening. So soon, I think I'm what sure. it is is that people are so dumb 
Yes. That that's the level they can understand yes. it is he's a family, like pull at their heartstrings, not really like the issues of what's happening. Like we yeah. don't have to, but people are so fucking basic in their way of thinking. It's like, it's a bachelor's, like the bachelor yes. reality show idea of like surreal. drawing somebody Everything in. Is, 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 is media entertainment. Yes. So and gross. that's what it is. It's to get them, pull them in that way and make him this like romantic hero instead of just like backing the country because it's the right fucking thing to right. do. Like, well, what may- the maybe to try that? to get people to be on board with backing. It's so fucking weird. But it's constant propaganda. And people need to acknowledge and recognize that. It can be propaganda that may look like it's for a good thing. But, like, why are we pushing so hard for this? Why are we doing that? I don't get it. I, know. I think just fucking to stop, weird. I think just to stop Putin. That's fine. Let's stop him. Yeah. Let's stop him. <laughs> Put the sanctions on. Do the, yeah. Take the fucking necessary steps we need to do. But, like, I don't need to fall in love with this Ukraine president. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking let's go back him. Okay, sorry. It's, fucking, it's just weird. It's it's just a weird fucking thing. All right. So Goldman didn't believe in the war and actively spoke out against it and the draft. Uh-oh. And as a result, they ban her magazine. So okay, that's Mother how Earth. The, yeah, Mother Earth is gone. But she doesn't relent. She keeps on going with her anti-war crusade and she's giving lectures. And she does this with her old time buddy Berkman, like when he's oh, out of jail. Yeah, he gets out. Yeah. So the oh. two of them are arrested. Uh for their actions so the charges according to the emma goldman papers she's charged with um conspiring against the draft (laughs) stupid so she goes to trial and though she did try to appeal to the supreme court no dice she's convicted of the charge and she's sentenced to two years in prison with the possibility of deportation back to russia Mm. now this is in 1917 She's been in the U.S. since 1885. She's been here 32 years. She has grown up here. She came as like a teenager. And they're like, we're going to send you back. Like, this is on the table. So the aftermath of all of this, she is released. But then she's immediately rearrested in 1919 by none other than J. Edgar Hoover. Ooh, and he wow. Was, yeah, he was head of the General Intelligence Division. Oh, she's a perfect target for him. And he decided to deport Goldman and Berkman mm. along with 200 other radicals, all foreign-born, of course. Yep, get out of my country. So does Goldman mm. let this bring her down? No. She what? keeps doing the work in Russia. <laughs> then she has to flee Russia because, yeah. you know, yeah. it's dangerous for her. Around 1921, and she ends up in Europe later Canada, and she does return to uh, do visits to the U.S. Um, in 1924. She does like a speaking tour. Nice. So some points of interest, um, the founder of the American Civil Liberties Movement was influenced by Goldman, and he said to her in a letter, quote, you always remain one of the chief inspirations of my life, for you aroused in me a sense of what freedom really means. Holy shit. I know. I thought this was funny. Like she chained herself to a podium during one of her uh, lectures. Cause she's like, come and take me away. But like no cops showed up. <laughs> so she, she's like chained there. I was like, that's, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I thought. Um, according to a teen Vogue article, she, uh, the press at the time used to refer to her as red Emma because you know, like hot, she's like hot, a commie. Hot. Yes. Um, and I then I it. wanted to note that after her first prison stint in 1893, she found an interest in nursing and she worked as a nurse here and there like throughout her life and that was how she really like learned about the need Mm. for birth control because she was working for um low-income immigrant women and she's like like there's all these babies and they shouldn't be forced to have all these babies yeah damn she wrote an autobiography called living my life which um i'm probably going to order today oh my god and she's i mean when i say she's a prolific writer like there's this one website and it's just 
all of these essays that she wrote and it's incredible and she's beautiful so in 1896 she wrote an essay titled anarchy and the sex question love this and she writes about divorce and she says if marriage isn't satisfactory you don't have to stay and she closes with if married life has not robbed you of honor and self-respect if you have love for those you call your children you must for your own sake as well as theirs seek emancipation and establish liberty Mm. then and not until then will the evils of matrimony cease like let's go she's a genius she also defended gay relationships oh my god well ahead of her time and she said in 1897 (laughs) wow quote i demand the independence of woman her right to support herself to live for herself to love whomever she pleases or as many as she pleases i demand freedom for both sexes freedom of action freedom in love and freedom in motherhood It is a tragedy, I feel, that people of different sexual type are caught in a world which shows so little understanding for homosexuals and is so crassly indifferent to the various gradations and variations of gender and their great significance in life. Holy shit, bro. This is fucking crazy. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Right? Yes. Oh my God. But it still applies today. The fact that it hits us like that is because we are still experiencing this bullshit in fucking 2022. We just had a don't say gay bill pass. This woman's fighting in the 1896. I mean, it's fucking crazy. And she's like an atheist, like anti-religion. But you know what it is? It's it's, as much as like we felt the same way she did. Can you imagine the fucking hatred and shit that was happening against uh, like gays at the time? Yes. These fucking morons, these fucking cavemen that are up there in Tallahassee feel the same way. They haven't evolved at all. At all. No. It's insane. Um, she also acknowledged that black men were not free, though the law said they were. Mm. And she spoke of the inequities facing black men, along with the daily violence that they faced. So she yeah. like talked about that as well, which a lot of feminists didn't right. acknowledge or talk about. Right. Um, she died in 1939 as a result of a stroke. And mm. this is the thing that made me so sad is one of the reports I read said that she had this one stroke and it debilitated her and she could hear but she couldn't speak. And they were like, she's this incredible orator. And like, that's like her thing. And that, that she was stripped of that ability at the end to be able to communicate kind of was tragic. After her death, the library of Congress article on golden notes, they allowed her body to be returned to the U S and buried in a Chicago cemetery, Mm. which was near a monument for the martyrs of the Haymarket riot. Wow. So I'm like, Oh, she came full circle. Like, I don't know. All right. And then I have a couple of quotes. Yes, Um, let's go. Let's hear it. It's just like two little ones. Um, and it says, if I can't dance, I don't want to be in your revolution. Oh, that's a tattoo bitch that is a tattoo i love it and then she says environment can only bring out what is inherent in human beings it can never put anything in sterile ground if it had not been born with the love of freedom and the intense hatred of injustice i do not believe that i would have become what i am wow so i know i mean i'm leaving out so much but that is the story of agitator and anarchist emma goldman oh team like Amazing. wow so fucking good i, I am in love <laughs> i'm like i want to read everything everything Ugh. of hers i mean she had article like like essays on like birth control on like against religion like all of this stuff that i just feel like is oh, so radical i love it for the time oh my gosh and to have the bravery to do it and you know it's so funny that um 
and you like talk, leave her marriage and just it, you know I was saying it to you. I don't know if I was saying it to you or what, but I was like the 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 podcast can be so depressing. Like we have to do these stories over yes. and over again where it's like, you know, even the things that she's fighting against are just yeah. like the same shit that we talk about and we don't like and we're fighting against. But it's so amazing to hear that a good positive story, even though, yes. she, you know, I mean, but she did do everything she could and it's incredible. Yes. It's incredible. Anarchy. Oh, always. Always anarchy. Yes. Always. <laughs> yeah. Always. There's no well, other way. There's no I other mean, way. For, for, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Yeah. These motherfuckers just have to learn. They got to know. They have got to know. And they don't understand any other. Listen, this is a conversation we have fucking had this week about um, women who do one run, right? They yes. win an election uh, and then they leave office because of the violent fucking the threats against them. incredible violence against right? them. And they've had it's the courage right. and the bravery to stand up and run for office and, and say the things that they believe in and all that stuff. And what happens? They are attacked. They are on, attacked. They're for, thrown the, in jail. They're yeah. deported. But, but our, the phone but calls, the, the emails, the yeah. direct messages, the, the threats of sexual violence, of physical violence against them and their family members. And these it's, women it's, don't want to be in office anymore. It's out of control. It's out of control. And it's not right. But we beg these women to run. Run for office. We need more women. We and need then more they're women. in danger. And we do. And, and then, then, then what endangered. are we doing to protect them? What, where is, where are the, where are the people who are going to protect these women? You know, that's the thing. It's fucked up. That's the thing. It's like, we want because women men, to stand up. Men like, do not have woman. that fear. Men she stands up and she gets fear. fucking deported. Like it's fucking incredible. Yeah. I, I, you, and you could see why more immigrants, women wouldn't stand up because they have families and they got to stay here. And right. They get, right. They don't want to risk having, getting thrown out of America, but she did all that. She did you know? it. I don't know. It's really upsetting. Ugh. Oh, Tina. So tonight. <gasps> oh Yes. So I was I was wrong last week on the podcast. When Tina's like, it's on the twelve, and I'm like, this is at the end of the month. No, Tina, as soon as we got off, I looked at my phone. I'm like, ah. Um, tonight we're going to the uh, the Broward Dems Gala for the Broward Democratic Party. It's gonna be so fun. It's gonna be fun. I don't know. About we're gonna that. we're gonna have a drink. Yeah. So uh, what are you wearing anyway? So I'm either gonna wear the the thing I wore to Dolphins. Yeah. Or I have this other dress and it's cute. I mean, it's like a block. Ooh, nice. And it comes down. Yeah. But I feel like it's a little loose here, but it doesn't look like a sack. Because I was like, Manny, does it look like a sack on? And he's like, no, you still have a silhouette. It's fine. Oh, but silhouette. You know, I love this. You know, it's like a tiny, it's a yeah, tiny yeah. bit loose here. And I, yeah. if, it was, if it was a smidge. Yeah. But I'm like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. So I might wear that. Okay. I think. Nice. And I can't wear earrings because like my ears closed up. And then I like that one because it goes up to here. So I don't have to worry about like jewelry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I like the other one though, because I don't have to like wear anything. Yeah, yeah. I can just like do my hair and makeup quickly and go. <laughs> well, it's definitely going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to see people. Mm. There's people that are excited. That's to all see. I've been doing. So yes. all week I've been asking who's going, who's going, who's going. So there's going to yes. be some really good people. There's going to be and some great people. Yeah. I think you told me that our table is next to Nikki Free's <gasps> table, which I'm Yay. fucking here for. Which I'm here for. Which and I'm so I started going through my about. closet last week and I pulled out this one outfit and it's something that I bought for New Year's Eve that got out here in February. <laughs> so it's um uh it's a jumpsuit, but it's all velvet. Like Ooh. a burgundy velvet jumpsuit. And it's that like so cute. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Yeah. It looks good, right? Yeah. 
Might have to run up to Macy's and find a girdle because, you know, remember in um, Steel Magnolias or it's like, oh. <laughs> I haven't lived the house locker on these stuff since I was 14 years. You were raised right. Like that's, the, I need to fucking go get something. To, like, oh, Spanx. Suck it all in, baby. Gotta get the Spanx. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're looking good, but we're not quite there yet. Oh, girl. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. Okay. Well, <gasps> hey, yo, look, at, we're going to get out of here before this battery dies yes. on this camera. Yes. Oh, and um, just one last thing. Oh, fuck Chip Lamarca. Hey. <laughs> I forgot I haven't mentioned my boyfriend's Yay. name yet today. That's fuck a great you. way to end. All right. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.